lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here once again. Uh, well, I guess maybe, I don't know if anybody expected a show this week, considering the state of sports and pro wrestling as a whole right now. It seems like everything is on hiatus, everything is kind of up in the air, despite better efforts to try and keep things going. Um, and it kind of threw... Uh, a wrench into some of the plans for this podcast as well in a lot of ways. Um, you know, if you're paying attention to the wrestling world currently, you know that uh, WrestleMania in Tampa has been postponed. Uh, or not postponed, but actually canceled and moved to the Performance Center in Orlando as of right now. And that has caused what was already kind of a uh, tenuous situation with the pro wrestling industry as sports and mass gatherings are being clamped down on. It's caused even more strain in, in a lot of ways, and it's really kind of thrown the industry into even more of a whack. And I thought that the best thing for this show to do this week in lieu of having um, a regularly scheduled guest was to bring on a couple of other um, voices in the pro wrestling uh, journalism um ecosystem and kind of just have like a discussion about where we're at right now in terms of like pro wrestling we're like with the wrestlemania tampa situation just everything as a whole because there's so many questions and so many doubts and so many opinions about what certain companies are doing uh right now and so we have a fun little round table for you today um joining me is going to be a very familiar voice uh to listeners uh from the same team podcast, uh, Daniel Trainer. Daniel, how are you doing today? Oh, Brian, I'm hanging in there as best as possible. How are you? I am self-isolating like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> or at least trying to. I, I managed to like I find you. a little bit of hand sanitizer at the Costco. So other than that, I'm doing pretty Oh, okay. wow. Don't you yeah. wish that. You shouldn't be saying that publicly. People are going to find your home. Mm, that's not public knowledge yet i don't think (laughs) don't dox me (laughs) oh i would never uh yes thank you for having me brian it is uh, certainly an interesting time for uh the world and then specifically uh our little world of pro wrestling so i'm excited to chat about it yes definitely and also joining us today uh, from Daily DDT and Bell to Bells, uh, Patches Chance is joining us here today to discuss all things uh, pro wrestling amidst the coronavirus. Patches, how are you doing today? Good, good. All things considered, I think. Well, that's good to hear. I know, like, situations can differ. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad yeah. to hear that at least you're, like, feeling safe, feeling okay at the moment. Um, more so than we can say about the, uh, the pro wrestling industry right now. Um, Obviously, you know, opened it up right at the front, you know, WrestleMania being moved, uh, being held without fans, um, the impact that has had on the industry as a whole, it's definitely been a ripple effect that we've seen, um, if not mostly financially, I would say. Um, But I want to get y'all's take real quick. Um, Whenever the announcement came down Monday, what were your initial feelings? Uh. Well, I'll go first. I guess I, I selfishly, I was uh, very sad because I was supposed to be in Tampa uh, for Mania this year. I made a bunch of plans to go and I was going to go with some family and see some friends. And so I, I was really excited about the trip as, you know, it, we moved closer to the date. It, it looked like obviously it probably wasn't going to happen. But then I was 
kind of optimistic about the fact that maybe the WrestleMania event would just get pushed and it would still be in Tampa. It would still be at Raymond James Stadium and it would be in, I don't know, June, July or whatever. And I would still have the opportunity to go. So I was still holding out hope for that. So when I found out it was moving to the Performance Center, uh, I think my first thought was, oh, no, that's a bummer. And then after thinking that for about a minute, I thought, what in the world are they doing? Uh, I WrestleMania and the Performance Center seems like it's still something I haven't quite wrapped my head around. And to be honest with you, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it. We'll, we'll get into that, obviously, because I think it's a fascinating thing to talk about. But, um, yeah, I, I was just, I was bummed selfishly because I was looking forward to being there. Obviously, there are, uh, I, I, it's the right decision not to have it at, at Raymond James in Tampa in a couple weeks. I think we would all agree on that. Uh, but yeah, selfishly, I was a little bummed out. But yeah, it's just it's it's such a strange time, and uh, I I don't know how to feel about everything that's going on. It's you you know the world is changing by the minute, and also seems like the wrestling world is as well. So it's it's there's a lot to discuss. Yeah, no, I'd um I'll go ahead and jump in. Uh, yeah. As far as my initial reactions, uh, I was just glad that a decision had finally been made. That was my initial response because, unfortunately, WWE and the city of Tampa were essentially playing chicken with this situation because neither of them wanted to take the potential insurance hit on making the decision to cancel. Um, And it's really unfortunate that they waited so long to do so because it left all of these independent promotions and other shows that um, have so much tied up in a WrestleMania weekend in limbo for longer than they really should have been. That being said, I'm glad a decision was finally made. Uh, I I go back and forth on whether I think they should have postponed or whether I think this is the right call. Um, Storyline-wise, I think it would have been very difficult to try and press pause and draw out some of these things. Um, But at the same time, we really have no idea what the state of things are going to be for weeks, maybe months. Um, I am still kind of baffled as well by the concept of WrestleMania in the Performance Center. It's going to be weird. Um, we're going to be talking about it forever. This this is going to this is quite literally history in the making in the weirdest and maybe not the best way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually that the the history in the making uh, comment there is actually very interesting because that's what I've been hearing f- from some of the. Uh, the wrestlers that I've been speaking to that have been affected by the uh, the cancellations in Tampa, um, that really their their that their first reactions was that the, this is just historic, like putting aside the financial hardships that this is inevitably going to cause to many promotions. Um, like just this is such an odd moment for professional wrestling to have this event take place in an in a small arena with no fans and in a setting that we've already seen, like does not necessarily deliver the kind of, it definitely doesn't deliver the atmosphere that WrestleMania would, but even just like for a, an elongated wrestling show, it doesn't do that. I mean, I, I assume that, that we, that we've all seen like the, the SmackDown and raw episodes that have aired from the performance center already. And those yeah. just came off. So like, 
peculiar at it was like a peculiar oddity at so, first for SmackDown, and then Raw was just so like so weird. Personally, um, yeah. I actually adored them. Um, maybe okay. that's because I was really hoping to find something to enjoy because so much is so bad right now. Um, I really liked that they just went meta and just leaned into the fact that this is weird and this is going to be weird. Um, some of it was not great, but it was still very fascinating to watch. Um, I, I don't know how long they can keep this up. Uh, and the other thing I, I fully understand why they chose to air matches from recent pay-per-views to fill time. Um, but personally, that's the part of the show that lost my interest entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these are matches I've, I've seen very recently. And so I understand the benefit to fans who maybe didn't get a chance to watch those pay-per-views to now get to see them on free TV. But um, it has the downfall of the fact that you're kind of alienating your current fans by not at least providing some sort of original content, even if that original content is promos and video packages that are new and filmed at home and other places. I feel like there are other ways to do this, um, potentially to create the content safely um, while trying to still move things forward. Yeah, and I do think it's part of a broader conversation, too, that's interesting about the fact that, and maybe it's just because I've been sitting at home uh, and and spending a little bit more time on the internet as usual, but it seems to me that WWE has been getting a lot more attention from people and places that usually don't talk about wrestling. And it's it's in an interesting way. It's a lot of people I'll find on Twitter or wherever who are saying, hey, like, have you seen what WWE is doing right now? It's crazy. It's like it's people who are watching it who have never watched wrestling before from just a, a fascination standpoint. And and I don't know if anybody is saying that it's necessarily good, but I think they're getting eyes on them in a way uh, that is that is much different than ever before, which I find really interesting for WrestleMania's prospects i mean i am interested yeah. to see if people tune in to the show strictly because of this buzz of like how weird is this and also it's you know it's one of the only things that's going to be happening you know it's one of the only events that is you know actually going to be happening live i mean it's going to be bizarre and there's going to be nobody there but it's going to be the biggest pop culture thing going for for weeks maybe months it's it's interesting to me where wwe fits in right now to just the pop culture landscape in general because people are just looking for things to talk about you know people are talking about that stone cold byron saxon thing from raw uh in ways that i've never seen people talk about wrestling and again i a lot of them were saying not saying wow this is really good as much as they were saying, wow, this is really fascinating, but at least they're talking. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the amount of friends of mine who are not really wrestling fans who have sent me the clip of Stone Cold doing the gimme a hell yeah to an empty arena. Um, <laughs> people who, who know that I am deep into wrestling who never really bring it up. Right. But they saw this and they're like, this is so weird and funny and fascinating. And it's, yeah, it's capturing people's attention. 
potentially because there is kind of a content vacuum right now. Yeah. Well, I think, I, think I, 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 sorry, I, I, I do, to your point earlier, I do wonder when that novelty wears off, you know, it, it's fun now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy it's thing new now. It's fresh. Right, exactly. In a couple, you know, what we have, correct me if I'm wrong, we have what, two Raws and two Smackdowns before Mania, is that right? I believe right. so, yes. So, you know, that's four yeah. shows in an empty arena. Um, you know, by the time you get to that fourth show, I don't know how exciting and weird it is anymore. So I think they need to lean into the 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 oddity of it. You know, if they try and put on a straight wrestling show for three hours on a Monday night in an empty arena, it's it's not going to be great. So I think that if they can lean into the weird stuff, and I think that maybe they they will because of the attention that they've been getting um, for all of it. Um, it's a potentially really interesting, cool time for them to be doing stuff. And I agree with what you were saying earlier too about just get get, get crazy with it. Have you know cut promos from home, do video, cut promos on on, yeah. on your phone, whatever it takes. I mean, throw, if there if there's ever time to get this weird, is not this is not the norm. So just do whatever. Yeah, well, totally agree. It'll sorry. it'll be interesting. Like no, sorry, Mania itself as a show. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it because I, I don't think that they will do. I think they're just going to run it as like a straight show, right? I would be surprised that they do anything kind of crazy and out of the box, despite how weird it's all going to feel. I think it's going to be pretty straight. So I wonder by the end of that night how that, how that all feels. And honestly, that's one of my concerns with like we're, we're us talking about when do they start losing the audience in that in that way. Um, one WWE, well known for breaking the norm and and not letting rules uh, hamper them on certain things. I mean, we we all know that apparently uh, the coronavirus is not a phrase to be used on the TV with them yeah. at the moment. It's prevailing circumstances. Yes, there we go. The medical facility of pandemics. Um, yeah. So you have that stuff, and they're definitely leaning more towards the promos and the uh, the talky bits um, with these shows, so much so that they're not even going to have wrestling on, on tonight's NXT um, as we're recording this. Like It's basically yeah. just going to be all promo packages and in-studio stuff. Um, yeah, and that trend is probably going to continue in some ways. I think they're recognizing that the actual wrestling on these shows is already kind of lost a little bit of its luster, so to speak. As much as like we might enjoy yeah. watching Daniel Bryan and Cesaro go for six minutes with no one watching, like that so, in and of itself kind of makes me question what how does WrestleMania come off this year? Like it seems like there's going to have to be fundamental changes that they want to maintain the audience interest in the way that they have because they know that the in-ring product does not keep the eyeballs on it as much from what they've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I think the most successful uh, empty arena match so far has been Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Um, part of that is because they are two fantastic wrestlers who are very, very familiar with each other and they were given a decent amount of time. Whereas Daniel Bryan and Cesaro are fantastic, but I think could have been given a lot more time, especially considering they need to fill time. Um, I think they would be smarter to, if if they are going to hold matches, let them go long. Let these guys have 
35 minute technical clinics um, and tell stories and, you know, do it with the psychology of the match because I think they have the talent that's capable of trying to do something special right now. But unfortunately, um, some of the rumblings that I've heard is that Vince was not happy with the empty arena match products. And that could mean that things are going to rapidly change because that's what Vince does. If, if it's not exactly what he wants it to be, then panic can change. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, to see how how gimmicky they might get with some of this stuff. I mean, the the Edge-Randy Orton feud, which I think most people agree has been great. You know, now they're doing, oh, yeah. you know, they've added, mm-hmm. they've added Last Man Standing. And it'll be interesting to see how how much they get out of the ring. I mean, I don't know how much they really will be able to do that and what the capabilities are just just from a filming I mean, perspective, I mean, and from also just like not getting people around each other. I think part of that will depend. Yeah, I agree. It, it will depend partly on, I think, the crew that they have there. Because um, they've shown, at least semi-recently, when they had the NXT show at the Performance Center last week, um, we got to see that, you know, that brawl between Gargano and Ciampa spill out into gym areas and right desk areas and all these other things and so i think there's a lot of facility to work with but it will again this you know they don't have their entire crew and set up at their disposal they're having to kind of work with a skeleton crew and as simple as possible and so it will be very interesting to see how they try and do that yeah and and also when it comes to match length I, I think it's also important to talk about card length. I think they will be shooting themselves in the foot if they make this any longer than 3 hours, 3 and a half hours. I mean, how many matches do we have already that are confirmed? I don't think we need any more. And I don't know that we need I, I don't think they're going to go ahead with the, you know, either battle royal that we've been getting i can't imagine they're going to do that yeah stuff. the battle I mean, royals feel like um a severe danger at this point because you really just shouldn't have that many wrestlers in a single match crammed together right i don't yeah I, so i yeah so they won't be doing those it's just i just think it's going to be a drag if, if you know and wrestlemania already drags when it's in front of seventy five thousand people when it's in front of yeah. a couple crickets think it might be you know you're uh you're getting long you're getting long and i think people are getting bored and especially you know i don't know how you know i don't really know who wrestlemania is for anymore if it's for if it's for the casual fan if it's for the hardcore fan if it's for the person who watches one or i don't know who it's for and i certainly don't know who it's for this year which is why it's going to be really interesting but i do think like we were saying, it would be cool if they just leaned into the in-ring product and, and sort of threw out everything else and just put on a great wrestling show because, as we know, they have the talent to do it, and I think they have the matches this year to do it. Uh, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be really fascinating. But yeah, I, I I would advise them to not go super long because I think that's where they're really going to run into some problems. So as of right now, there are seven confirmed matches, and that mm-hmm. does not include uh, Edge and Randy Orton which oh, man. seems pretty yeah. clear at this point, but has not actually been confirmed. So that's going to be eight. So we have the WWE and Universal Championship matches, the NXT and Raw Women's Championship matches, and then Cena Wyatt, Taker, Styles, and Owens Rollins, and Edge Orton. Um, I honestly yeah. think that should be the card, period. Uh, I think I agree. I, I love other people, 
And in general, I tend to fight for, you know, Bailey or the women's tag team champions or these other people. This is not that situation. This is weird. This is different. And we need to work with what we have. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you know, with that card, you are, (laughs) it is a little tough when you look at the media card and, you know, it's, it's Goldberg and it's the undertaker and it's John Cena. And uh, to a le- I mean, to a lesser extent, it's edge and you're leaving, you know, Daniel Bryan doesn't have a match and most of the women don't have a match. I mean, you could go on and on and on. And, and yeah. I do that every year where it's like, and like, how do you fit, you know, Andrade had such a great year. How can he not be on the card? But I think you said yeah, to take and, a and breath the fact and that realize Joe that has like nothing. missed every year at this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's wild. And, you know, Lesnar, obviously, in what I assume will be the main event. Just what a what a crazy card that is. <laughs> An yeah. Match card. Um, it's just so wild. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think they have the potential, but it's going to be interesting because the only matches that feel like they can really deliver for a long period of time, I would say, are maybe Edge Orton, um, Owens and Rollins, Cena and Wyatt, and the women. Yeah. That's it. Everything else, five to 15 minutes max. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with Yeah, and if that's the route that you take, like that, you could... You could fill out a three-hour card with, you know, if you have five matches that can go longer than, say, 15. Um, yeah. There, like that, this, but the thing is, like, we know WWE, and there have been reports about them not scrapping matches for this card. Um, yeah. I, um, <sighs> I, I think four is really the point of no return. Um, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they can swing four if it's paced well and if it's good stuff, but... I think if they try to go any longer than that, including trying to have pre-show matches or something, it's going to lose the plot. And it's going to lose a lot of the people that are trying to watch. Because yeah. they they also, as you pointed out, there's people who aren't really wrestling fans right now who are just interested in what's happening. And if you deliver this, you know, think of it like the Super Bowl. Think of the most boring Super Bowls we've had in recent memory. When people who aren't really football fans watch those games, they completely lose interest. But when you have an exciting one, it kind of reminds them, oh, this is why this is fun. This is why people like this. Maybe I'll watch it again. And they have the opportunity to do that. But they also have the opportunity to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, and I, I don't. Yeah, and also like, I mean, a good a good Super Bowl example for that is, you know, you look back a couple of years. We had we had the Patriots and the Rams. It's it's Tom Brady against L.A. and it's like all the star power in the world, and it was one of the worst games of all time. So they can look yeah. at that as an example of we don't need to load this up with star power to keep people interested if it's not going to be good. I think they need right. to just focus on the product because it's just it's going to be so weird to not have any sort of crowd reaction for any of it and it's you know you almost i you know i do wonder like does it does a does a crowd make a bad match worse or is is a bad match even worse when there's <laughs> there's nobody watching it <laughs> if like a, I if a like tree falls answer, in the forest honestly depends on the situation 
because yeah. I think we've seen bad matches get worse because the crowd turns on it. And I think we've seen good matches go sour because the crowd turns on it. For sure. Um, but at the same time, if there's no crowd reaction, it's harder to hide. It's They're exposed. Right. There's really nothing to hide behind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I hear you. Yeah. And and honestly, I it's on a smaller scale, but we it's been these empty arena shows that focus on the in-ring and like try and deliver like good solid matches to us. It's worked. It's been the main thing that's worked in this time where everyone is canceled. You know, we we oh. just had the Wrestle Talk show a couple of days ago where, you know, Osprey and uh B Priestley put on probably the best empty arena match that we've seen so far in during this time where wrestling is suspended. So if you focus on the in-ring stuff and have like build that up to deliver, then you can deliver a an intriguing show. Wait, wait, Brian, Brian, Brian! I hate to interrupt you. Yes, there's breaking WrestleMania news that just came out one minute ago. What you got? Would you like to? Would you like me to read this for you, or would you like to read it yourself on your own show? Where, where is w- it? W- WWE Twitter account? Oh God. All right. Here we go. Our whole conversation we just had is out the window. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, okay then. So, breaking news here. WrestleMania 36 is, per WWE's Twitter account, WrestleMania 36 is now set for a historic two-night presentation on the WWE Network with former New England Patriots Rob Gronkowski hosting the, the hashtag show of shows. Um, it's going to be airing at 7 p.m. Eastern on April 4th and April 5th. So that's Saturday and Sunday of that of that weekend. Um, uh, and, <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's how you get like 14 matches on a card. I oh my god, what the what listen, is going on? Listen, so, sorry. So I, instead of I, I'm, so now, but yeah, now my no, question is how much of Takeover Tampa is going to be put on this because that's the thing. Takeover is supposed to be Saturday, right? Yes. I well, I read, I saw some rumor that Takeover might be just being moved to like a Wednesday. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, saw I also that heard Takeover that they may be, just yeah. may just make it a an episode of NXT, basically. This okay, my I, I'm reacting to this in real time, but um, this does not seem like a good idea. Uh like. Two, we were just saying, let's keep it short. <laughs> and now, yeah, now it's two nights. I at, at the same time, I think two short nights is better than one long day. Um, I th- that yeah. said, one short day would have been better than two short days. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like we we saw this. I can't help now that knowing this is a two night thing. I can't help but to kind of compare it to what New Japan did with Wrestle Kingdom this year, where like yes, yeah, those absolutely. shows were longer, but they actually had, a, I would say, outside of a few like throwaway multi man tags that were still entertaining, but didn't have the same like oomph that you have from a Wrestle Kingdom match. They were able to put on basically a ten hour show that carried itself to like to the expectations that you would have from that show wwe is not new japan i do not understand why like people always complain about the length of wrestlemania for the past five years and i this is not the message you want yes exactly this is not the message you want to send like this has the potential for them to go five hours two nights in a row like i know four is the sweet spot that we're talking about but they could potentially go 
five hours two two nights in a row. How many casual yeah, I, fans are going to be tuning in on Sunday? Like they're going to watch this for like so three four hours on a Saturday night and then watch it again? I don't think so. So I I get that they're using Gronk to try and draw in casual fans um, and draw in you know football fans who maybe not be may not be wrestling fans. Um, I understand that concept. That said, I don't know that it will deliver. Yeah, and like, like Gronk's whole thing is like getting a crowd riled up. What is he? He's going to be talking to a bunch of chairs. It's going to be really uncomfortable. You know, riling up the commentary, right? Like, yeah, commentary. Um, the most important thing for WrestleMania is that Jerry Lawler isn't there and also screaming in Japanese the entire time. Oh, yes. I've never agreed with anything more. God, any anything is better than Lawler at this point. For God's it's sake, abs- I love that. It's, it's, it's for, absurd. The, the he thing is that baffles me the most so about bad. Lawler is, yes, he is extremely problematic and misogynistic and all these things. He's also objectively bad at this point. Right. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been good at his job in years. No. Not to mention his recent uh, spat of uh, going on other uh, shows and uh, other like radio shows and basically downplaying the coronavirus pandemic. Right. Um, yeah, that's exactly what we need. Yeah. That's the totally the messaging we want from from the company that just had to cancel running their biggest show of the year in a fucking football stadium. Um, because of a global pandemic. Yes. Crazy. So I don't I don't know. The, and going back to Gronk, though, real quick, because. Like, yes, Gronk is his main selling point is riling up a crowd and getting a crowd just hyped for something. Um, it's the main reason why they paired him with Mojo Rally last time he was at a WrestleMania. Um, but lest we forget the roles that WrestleMania hosts have played in recent years. Um, like, I went to the Mania in Atlanta, Mania 27. The Rock was the host, he was there for like two or three segments. Granted, he had, a, he had a thing in the main event, obviously, but he was there for two or three segments. Um, you had the New Day a few years ago where they really only did, like, the major thing they did was announcing that the Hardy Boys were back. Like, th- the WrestleMania host role really doesn't have anything to do with ha- to do with the show as of late. So I in, get that in, they're using the, the past, name. Yeah, but I, it could be very, very different here. It could. It could. I. It's just, it's hard for me it, so to see as WWE far as the tonight announcement. I'm not necessarily thinking this is immediately bad, but I am immediately, I have way more questions than answers about the format that they're going to use, about how many matches we're going to have per night, about how NXT plays into this. Because yeah. I think there's, there's a way to make this work, and I don't have much faith in them finding that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely lowers my confidence in them to being able to pull off the show in a way that still makes it interesting to fans, I would say. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard enough to hold wrestling fans' attention for a long single day. Holding wrestling and casual fans' attention for two days yeah. is a whole other ballgame. It'll be interesting to see how they split up the matches, too. Like, what how they're going to have to balance it out. Like night one is going to have its own main event. So yeah, sort of, I I would assume. I I think ideally um, the main event for one night is either, uh, either women's title match and the main event for the other is probably Lesnar and Drew. 
no i think that that's i think that's probably right um i mean i could see maybe yeah i mean i hope yeah i hope the i mean becky shana feels like it would get the rub is the bigger match i can maybe see that main eventing saturday but i don't man i don't know that's oh as i say that I, that almost doesn't sound right so the only problem with that because that was my brain where my brain went first as well is um Shayna's the definitive heel and having her go over go over because i feel like that's mm-hmm. where we're going um at the end of night one doesn't necessarily draw people into night two um, yeah. Whereas I think uh, potentially having Ripley face Charlotte in the main event, which gives the rub to NXT as well. Um, if you have Ripley win and defend successfully, then that's a huge moment for her and for NXT and kind of fires people up and you know pushes them into night two, ideally. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I think too. I think- I could see Cena. I could see Cena fiend maybe like main eventing night one and ending with some sort of cool fiend, cool fiend moment that maybe I don't know he does something sort of super drastic to John Cena and they sort of think that uh, people tune in the next night who are who are Let's maybe wondering out. what happened to John Cena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be the end of night one. Is 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 he killed John Cena? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they finally get to use the mallet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. yeah. There you go. Uh, gonna, I, yeah. I recently showed that Hell in a Cell to um, a friend of mine who is not like he's just now getting into wrestling. And God, what a mess. Oh. <laughs> and he Sorry. is no longer into. Giving your dog your face. No, so he was, he actually become fascinated with bad matches. Um, like he enjoys and is curious by them, is curious about them. And so it, it was very interesting for him to watch. We've also watched. Uh, I got him to watch Ready to Rumble, and then we watched the oh. absolute train wreck of Slambury 2000 of the Triple Cage match with David Arquette, DDP, yes. and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, it! I mean, it is fun going back to watch some of that stuff. I, I went down a wormhole recently where I kind of did the same thing, just seeking out bad stuff. I don't. I must have really been in the need of a pick-me-up that night, but I was watching just as, as much weird off-the-wall stuff as I could. And it, listen, it feels like mm-hmm. we're, uh, for better or worse, about to about to have some, certainly weird. I don't know if it's going to be bad, but it's going to be weird in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird and interesting to look back on. Um, kind of nights, coming wow. back to uh, the effect this has had on the independent industry um, yes. and kind of the effect of trying to keep wrestling going. Um, so something that I just got done reading um, is Shinsuke Nakamura's book. Uh, I don't know how many people actually realize he has a book because it's not a traditional wrestling autobiography. It's basically a giant collection of interviews uh, that was published in Japan a few years ago and then has only recently been translated um, in like 2018. Uh, and it's, that's it's cool. a fascinating read, but the thing that really felt like it hit home considering everything that's going on right now is he talked about Um, the 2011 earthquake in Japan Mm. um, and the work that new Japan did. So obviously some events were canceled Um, when they were able to, they started continuing to have shows. And I think, I think there are right and wrong ways to react in this situation, but I think the right way is 
you're trying to provide people a much needed distraction from everything that's going on in the world. Um, but you also need to back that up with actions outside of that helping. Um, and Nakamura talks specifically about, you know, New Japan was having, you know, a couple shows and trying to get people out to enjoy these shows. But on top of that, a lot of the wrestlers, even, you know, the president and vice president of New Japan were doing efforts trying to get supplies out to people and stuff like that. And so yeah. I think, it, you know, what WWE should be doing, not that I have a lot of faith that they actually will, but what WWE should be doing is providing content, but also trying to help people in, a, in this kind of situation. Um, and if, you know, if they ever found the guts to acknowledge they exist, helping the independent scene would be a really fantastic way to do that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I unfortunately agree with you in saying that I have little faith that they will burst out of this bubble and acknowledge that uh, WrestleMania weekend is is about a lot more than them at this, at this point, mm-hmm. whether or not they want to admit or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it would be such an easy, kind gesture. You know, it is unfortunate how contentious it seems to be sometimes in the rest yeah, of the world between the behemoths and, and everybody else. It, it, it's such an easy thing to reach out and, and, and to help. I mean, with everything that's going on. It would very on, much you know. be like a softball to hit. Like, this is not a difficult oh, so thing to do. easy. And it's going to be nothing but positive PR for them. Right, right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I think they they just sort of see themselves as an us versus them thing, which is so unfortunate because, as we all know, I mean, most of their talent uh, started uh, with the thems and is now a part of of the the big company. And it's like they know that I, I don't understand why they don't embrace community in in more of a way i think it's unfortunate but i mean you know we look at what they do with AEW and the the relationship they've had with them i mean it's that that's that's a different thing and i i understand that but you know it's just anybody who is a competitor big or small uh i just don't think they i don't think they care about unfortunately and it it is look no further look no further than the fact that they they had the gall to send a cease and desist to the fucking in your warehouse show that was an empty show <laughs> trying to help wrestlers right now and they were yeah. like you stole our logo guys read the room you've got bigger things to worry about yeah crazy yeah. i mean that you look at the stuff they've done with nxc uk and how they basically like sapped a yeah. lot of the, the it's energy really, it's out really, of really the, the british indie scene not to mention the stuff they pulled with david Starr and wxw like I know, not yeah. not a lot of that has been like really like substantiated because well, WXW's refused to comment the, on it. But like, the the important thing to remember about that is, is that's being turned into the narrative that this is about David Starr stepping on the title. This is not about David Starr stepping on the title. This is about David Starr fighting for unionization. Exactly. And they finally have something else to blame it on. Yes. Exactly. God, and that all of these things that we're talking about is the main reason why, like, I think we have so many doubts about whether WWE would actually acknowledge the people that have really mm-hmm. laid the groundwork for them to have the the people that they have in their company right now. You know, like like you said, Daniel, yeah. pretty much every major star they have right now came from a company that is going to be hit financially severely from the fact that that um, they WWE had the standoff that they did with the city of Tampa and Hillsborough County. Um, which I definitely want to get into that with y'all as well, um, because 
let's face it, up until Monday, the major story around WrestleMania was the fact that no one wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be the quote unquote bad guy in this situation, which honestly, there's no bad guy whenever you're capitulating to well, a yeah, the pandemic. Problem, <laughs> the problem is that by deciding neither of them wanted to be the quote unquote bad guy, they both became the bad guy. Yes. Because the good guy would have called it in the interest of everyone's health and safety. But that's not what happened. They both looked at their own self interest and made the decisions based on that. No, and I do think some of the blame is at the feet of the governor of Florida as well, Ron DeSantis, basically dragging mm-hmm. his feet where other governors, you know, I, I'm on the West Coast. I'm in Pacific Northwest. It's hit us the hardest so far. Um, and like Jay Inslee over in Washington, Kate Brown here in Oregon, they have been, along with, you know, Cuomo in New York, they've been very proactive about trying to limit mass gatherings and, and, and mm-hmm. limit the things that the public have access to to control and flatten the curve here. Um, and the fact yes. that Santis in his first press conference after this sort of this issue sort of rose um, last week, he basically saying that he doesn't have the power to do, to make those uh, decisions for different municipalities. I personally find to be fucking bullshit, and I think that him not making it's a any complete claims, cop out. Yes, it it didn't force the hand of the people in Tampa, which kept them from making the decision to cancel and throwing it back into WWE's court. And in effect has also like sent a ripple effect through the independent scene um, where you up until like yesterday, um, WrestleCon was like on the verge of losing over a hundred thousand dollars to the, to yeah, Marriott. And fucking Marriott was trying to swindle WrestleCon out of $114,000 in damages for canceling the event. Cause they insisted based on the guidelines from the state and the city that it was not impossible to continue with the event. Um, fortunately, that has now been worked out, and Marriott has done the right thing after the entirety of Twitter and the internet roasted their feet over a fire because of it. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, like that happened with WrestleCon. I'm glad that they were able to have that um, financial issue kind of assuaged there. But we don't know what's going on with, you know, with Game Changer and the collective. Like, there hasn't really been, a lot of has not really commented publicly that much about any of his deals there. Game Changer, yeah, I I know Game Changer um, and the collective have officially postponed. Yes. Um, I don't know how difficult their financial situation is. I know a lot of places are just in very difficult straits right now. Um, Don't Fuck With Texas was a a three-company show coming up in San Antonio in a few weeks. Um, It's officially been canceled as of now or postponed. Lucha Brutal, I I just got done doing a piece on Lucha Brutal. Rogelio was still trying to go forward with their show coming up, um, but that, that could change at any minute. Um, and that even that was going to be a small show. They were going to provide hand sanitizer at all doors um, and discount tickets to try and give people something to be distracted by um, and to try and – and the thing that really also needs to be remembered here is to try and get the wrestlers a payday because all of these independent right. wrestlers are gig, are gig economy workers who had you know, anywhere from five to nine matches some of these weekends, like during this week. And that's multiple paydays, that's multiple booking fees that they have lost and potentially things that they were already thinking about being able to have. And now 
they are completely unable to not only collect on that, but also to even continue to make income. Yeah, I mean, we we saw like the like like I spoke of before with the Russell Talk Show, uh, before we were interrupted by breaking news. Like the Russell Talk Show was was great over in England, where like they raised over ten thousand pounds for the workers on that show. Um, yeah, and you know they're they're still, I believe, are getting uh, money through the selling of, mm. of their T-shirt that they put out there as well. So. Like there, there are companies that are doing their best to try and provide for people. I know there's been a lot of uh, sh- people sharing Patreons and big cartel and, and yeah, wrestling and, and stores. Sites. Um, yeah, I also know. Um, I'm not sure what concrete actions he's done, but uh, hats off to Joey Janela, who has already come out and said that he is doing everything he can to try and support independent wrestling right now and trying to help people out who are being hit by this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, big big shout out to Joey Janela for that. I mean, and, and that was to to that point as well. I think it's very admirable to see people that within WWE and AEW at least lending their voice to some of these issues. Is like with the Marriott thing, we saw you know Kevin Owens come out and speak against Marriott online. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Adam Pierce come out and speak against Marriott online, even though Jericho tagged the president in it. He still came out and and. Like basically roasted Marriott online. That's, that's, Although I do like that his initial tweet tagged Donald Trump Jr. and he had to delete it and then put up the one with the president's Twitter account <laughs> in it. So that was a funny thing. Uh, for me. I don't think I don't. Yeah, I mean, oh, good, go good on him for doing the right thing. But I, 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 I don't know that we should be looking at Chris Jericho for making all the right political social moves in 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 the moment. But good for good yeah, for Chris, Y2J. Chris Jericho is a, a mess of good and bad right now um yeah definitely it's i mean we we have the positive of obviously um the nyla rose podcast and him coming out very in support of trans rights after that um and then we have the negative of him literally spreading coronavirus conspiracy theories a few weeks before that yes god well no, it did not. I do like that he did try and rectify that by having Dr. Alex Patel, who's been getting a lot of work yeah. on the podcast circuit this week, um, to talk about the actual problems with the coronavirus spread. To, to so, now give some real facts. Yes. God. Um, which the additional thing uh, – so that, that coronavirus conspiracy podcast was already problematic, but I think the people – not the people – the thing that gets kind of missed is I haven't listened to it. I don't intend to. Um, but just in the notes, there was comments about other potentially manufactured and fake pandemics, and it mm-hmm. mentioned the HIV-AIDS pandemic as one of those that was fake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think and that so was in the. I okay. think that was in the episode. The episode description itself. Yeah, no, it was in the description. That's the only reason I knew about it. Right. Yeah. God. Wild. So, I mean, even if, you know, even if in the podcast they talk about it and Jericho rebuffs them, he's still giving them a platform and letting them talk about it. Yeah. Right. And that on that, that can't happen. That just can't no. happen. And like, I know I have, you know, I have friends that are in Florida right now. And like, I was reaching out to them and asking, making sure they're safe and everything. And, you know, if, if the, the pictures of Clearwater beach or any indication oh God. <laughs> of, of how yeah. the people in Florida are actually treating this issue. Um, I mean, my friends basically said, like, they're not worried about it until, like, they see, like, the zombie, like, 
the right like the walking dead or something like that i'm like that's a yeah. really shitty way to be that's a bad us. way to look at it um i've i've had some friends who and spoken to um some wrestlers who to a certain extent they're like I'm kind of glad i'm not in tampa right now because florida's crazy yeah and clearly is not taking the proper anything about this yeah and it speaks more so to how the state and the city some of the cities at least um have been dragging their feet with this thing i know jacksonville's been mm-hmm. fairly proactive you know the the mayor came out and basically suspended all activities at city facilities which was actually interesting mm-hmm. considering that tia field which houses daily's place is technically a city facility so I was very curious to see like how AEW was able to convince them to let them run an empty arena show from Daly's place. I well I can't say that because mm-hmm. it hasn't necessarily been confirmed that the show is being run at Daly's place. Um, that was the initial report. Yes, so it it could change, especially considering like reports from Wade Keller today where the city is setting up uh, coronavirus testing facilities in the parking lot of TIA Bankfield. So I. I, who knows yeah. what's going on with AEW? It's all situation. very, it's all very interesting. And I mean, we're as of recording about half an hour away from what are probably going to be two fascinating shows, just to see what everybody does and says. Yeah. No, uh, very much so. Um, I do want to double back before we. I, I do want to touch more on the indie scene a little bit, but I do want to double back to Tampa. Um, just the the interaction between Tampa and the WWE. What um. What were your feelings watching this play out the way that it did b- between the city and the organization? Anger? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it was just anger and frustration because it became clear long before they actually made a call that this was going to happen. WrestleMania was in no way possible in its previous form, um, and they should have taken – at the very least, the step of saying WrestleMania will not continue in its current form um, and we'll have updates if we do a different form of it later. Um, At the very least, that should have been done or the city of Tampa or the state should have taken action to say that it cannot be allowed to run in its current form or former form. Yeah, I mean, there's this like tough guy machismo attitude that plays out when it comes to stuff like this and we're seeing it all the time, which is so, (laughs) it's so laughable. uh, But it's also so depressing because it's playing with people's uh, emotions. It'd be funnier if it wasn't messing with Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're messing with people's livelihoods here by, by trying to hold out for whatever reason. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that WWE and UFC were, were maybe the two, uh, last sort of big institutions to do anything about canceling stuff. I mean, the UFC having, you know, this, this empty arena event last, last weekend, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's depressing to see sort of grown adults play chicken with people's livelihoods in the way that they did, because there was no reason for that to happen. They knew full well that they weren't going to be holding a WrestleMania at a football stadium in a few weeks. And they knew that everybody knew that, for whatever reason, it played out like a bunch of children trying to come come to some sort of agreement. And again, it's having these blinders on and not recognizing how many people are affected by their decision making. Um, that really just makes you shake your head sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and it's it's the you know the fish rots from the head 
this all comes from Vince uh, and in a certain way, because this is a mentality and a, you know, mindset that kind of, even for the people below him that don't have it, kind of has to follow it to some extent because he's got the final say. Um, and I, I have no doubt that Vince was the driving force in the reason that WWE took so long to say, to not say something. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not okay. And it's, unfortunately, it's kind of going to, well, we've got so much going on right now that it potentially has the potential to get kind of washed over by the tidal wave of more things. But should not be forgotten that they did not make the right call here, nor did the city and state. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, moving away from WWE, though, real quick, um, I really want to focus on like some of the impacts that this is having on the independent scene as a whole, but also notable LGBTQ pro wrestling events that were slated to run during Mania Weekend. You know, we had Effie's Big Gay Brunch. We had uh, Jamie Senegal and Alex Osen's uh, Jalex Takes Back the Power. We had, and then outside of the LGBTQ community, we had other marginalized communities running shows as well. You had For the Culture. You had Faye Jackson's Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal. Primetime Pro Wrestling was running a show down there with Sean, with, uh, Sean Ross Sapp from uh, Fightful. Like, we had a bunch of. This was probably going to be the most, like, diverse uh, slate of yeah. events at a mania, and a number of those. I know that you know for the culture and F and the Big Gay Brunch, they're associated with the collective. They're on. They're being postponed. They will be held at some later date. Um, JLX take back the power. Like, it's it's from what I've heard has been postponed, but you know, generational cha generation championship wrestling out of Tampa has basically said that they canceled everything. Um, and then, you know, Faye Jackson has been very vocal online about um, her sadness that her show has been canceled as well. Yeah. Um, what kind of like cultural impact do you think this, this leaves on uh, wrestling whenever we were probably at like this one, definitely a tipping point in terms of like the movement of marginalized voices within pro wrestling, getting their moment, getting their stage at, uh, at mania weekend. Yeah. It, I think it is. Yeah, yeah go no, ahead. go ahead. No, you please, please, please. So I, I think it is very disappointing that we're losing these things. Um, but at the same time, I think it's very good and important to remember we're losing them in the short term, but the, consciousness change and the movement that the excitement over these shows and the potential for having them you know in the future or a different version of them down the road that has all still happened and i think um a lot of the people in involved in those shows um and a lot of the people who are excited about those shows um have done good so far and should continue to uh you know uplift marginalized voices in wrestling um, and uplift these things that we were going to have the opportunity to experience. And once we get the chance to do them again or do them in the future, then we need to give them the same, if not more support. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a ticket, to, a ticket to Effie show. I was very excited. I was, I was going to hit up as, as many of them as I could when I was down there. I think, what is potentially exciting is the conversation that is being had about about trying to, in whatever way that that companies and wrestlers can with schedules and, and all this stuff, about trying to 
do this all over again uh, sometime down the line, trying to do all these shows over the course of one weekend again, which how special would that be? I mean, if, if you know, I'm sure a lot of people who are maybe going to make the, the trip to Mania weekend might not be able to go in, let's say, five or six months or whatever, based on circumstance. But what a cool weekend that could potentially be where you're getting a bunch of wrestling fans back in one city who are there because they're passionate and want to support and and, and specifically want to support uh, diversity when it comes to wrestling. I mean, I think that's a potentially really special weekend that we might have down the line. I hope that that happens. I would love to go. I would love to support because I think it's very important. Yeah, in the short term right now, it's it's a huge bummer, but it's also, you know, it is very cool to be able to take a step back and, and look at where we are when it comes to wrestling and independent wrestling specifically to look at the, the, the depth of shows and the diversity of shows that were about to happen and, and still will happen one day. It's, it's, it's a cool thing that we're even having this conversation about uh, the diversity that we're missing out on because of all this. But yeah, I mean, I think the potential is there down the line for a pretty cool event. If, if, if things can, uh, can get, you know, back to normal Better. here if that will ever happen again. um it'd be cool yeah to, to get everybody together and i think it would mean even more down the line so fingers crossed for that yeah i i, I hold those same sentiments i, I think it's it, it, just to go off on like a personal sidebar real quick it was a very odd u-turn for me when with all this happening because like last week i can't believe it's been a week last week like on this show, yeah. we were talking about the Butch versus Gore show from Primetime that was like probably the single best uh, queer pride show that we've seen so far in pro wrestling. And and now a week later, we're sitting here lamenting like the postponement of all these other shows that were meant to carry on that that feeling. And yes, it's very good. I'm very glad to know that these some of these are still going to happen and that the the movement is not being deterred um by what's happened um in tampa but it's it's still like i don't know there's still a part of me and i think this is just as for the rest for the wrestling industry as a whole there's just a part of me that is just will remain like just super down as um as things play out until things get back to like quote unquote normal you know yeah yeah and i i think it's important for people to you know remember that it's like i i am trying to stay positive about some parts of it and in some ways but it is completely reasonable to just be bummed out and feel bad and be upset that these things are not happening and that's a reasonable okay reaction um and you know everyone should deal with that in their own way and then you know when you're ready to look forward um, be positive and remember that, you know, the work that was done to build up to these shows does not disappear. Um, the passion of the talent involved in these shows does not disappear. And hopefully sooner rather than later, um, we will get to see these things happen in a different form. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Doubling back to the indies real quick. Um, obviously, this is this is not just affecting the people that were going to be running in Tampa. Um, pretty much, almost every indie promotion um, has is, has suffered from this. I know it's it's ranging from effects of like Limitless up in Maine is canceling shows to Hood Slam is canceling shows in California. Like it's yeah, it's it's everywhere. It, it's everywhere. Um, Obviously, there are going to be some promotions that don't survive this, um, as unfortunately, 
as much of a bummer as that is to say, there are some that are not going to survive this. Um, and even though... If, if they do, it may not be in the same form that they exist now. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, shout-outs to people like independentwrestling.tv who are doing their entitle match, that, that are trying to do their best to, to keep some of these companies that are trying to run empty arena shows um, mm-hmm. and trying to raise money going, you know, but let's face it, like, th- this is a monumental shift in the independent wrestling scene. I was listening to um, the We the we the Independent podcast earlier today with uh, David Starr and, and uh, Sugar Dunkerton, and, you know, Dunkerton, like, I think he said something that was very, very pertinent right now. Uh, the indie wrestling boom is over. Like, the indie wrestling boom in in the, the way that we def- have defined it for the past, I'd say, three to five years is is over in a way. Um, I don't know if y'all share that same sentiment. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I, I think we've hit, um, certainly hit a peak. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I think to a certain extent it's true because I don't think there's any way for things not to take a downturn from here. I think we've hit the peak and the peak was a few weeks ago when things were normal-ish. Um, and unfortunately, it's going to be downhill in the short term. But I think we have a potential to have a different kind of explosion and boom when we return to normalcy um, because people will be so excited for these things to be back and for us to have these things again. You know, some, something that I've been thinking about is when things get back to quote unquote normal, uh, how people's attitudes will sort of adjust when it comes to living their lives the way that they used to, especially when it comes to large crowds of people. You know, I do wonder if, if people are going to be more adverse to to going to events like uh, professional sports, like wrestling shows. Um, I, I think the support for wrestling, independent wrestling will always be there. And, and obviously we're in a we're in a stage right now where inevitably just it it. it yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to have to sort of hit pause for a bit, unfortunately. Um, I do hope that people uh, are still able to support as feverishly. Uh, maybe that's not the right uh, word for the times we're living in. Uh, passionately <laughs> as um, as they as they are now, because I do I do wonder how many people are going to take a step back and think about the way that they live their lives once uh, you know we move forward here. But yeah, I mean, I think. Independent wrestling, I will continue to thrive, hopefully, uh, in, in the future because uh, it has to, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I think uh, you know we've gotten to this place of of such diversity and such excitement that I think it can only survive because the passion is there from the wrestlers and from the fans. That it, it's a community yeah. that that loves lifting each other up and supporting each other, and I think that's where a lot of the fire will come from once once we're back. Yeah, even if things exist in different forms or in different ways than they do, you know, right now or a few weeks ago, um, these talents, these passionate people who are involved in the industry from wrestlers to promoters to referees to ring crew, um, and then on the other side of the coin, fans, these people are not going away. These people are still going to be there at the end of this crisis, and they are still going to be just as passionate if not more passionate and ready and itching and, you know, chomping at the bit to get back in there like we were able to in the past. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Okay, well, I guess um, as we're winding down here, uh, my final question for, for y'all, um, obviously Mania Weekend for the past, honestly, since WrestleMania 27, whenever Ring of Honor ran their first show in coordination with wherever Mania was taking place in, in Atlanta that year, um, we've seen Mania Weekend like definitely blossom into this giant celebration, days-long celebration of all forms of pro wrestling, not just WWE. And because of that, so many independent promotions have, you know, they, they, they have a very large financial stake in that weekend. A lot of these companies make basically make a large sum of their yearly income. A lot of wrestlers make a large sum of, of their yearly income on these shows. And having the situation that we had this year in Tampa, um, do you think that it's going to alter the thought process of independent companies and their approach to running Mania Weekend? Do we see Mania Weekend as we've known it for the past um, like near decade going forward? I don't know that it's going to change very much. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough, I guess, about the specifics of the finances and stuff like that. But, I mean, it does seem to be such a huge moneymaker for so many different reasons. I mean, you have so many people in town. There's so much opportunity, selfishly, with Mania being in L.A. next year. Listen, who knows where we're going to be in a year? I mean, I'm saying, oh, I can't wait yeah. for next year. Who knows? I mean, who knows? But um, with Mania being in next year, or being in L.A. next year, selfishly, I hope uh, it's as big as ever, Brian. But um, uh, I, I, I don't see it changing. Um, I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think he can. I think I think uh, I think money wins. And it and, and I say that I don't even mean that in, in in a negative way. I mean, it's a cool weekend. You know, it's it's a weird association. And I think tensions are are sort of high right now uh, everywhere, obviously, but within the wrestling community uh, as a whole, obviously. So I, I don't really see it changing. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a cool weekend. And I think you can you can you know, differentiate between, uh, you know, sort of WrestleMania and all the other cool stuff that's happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it continues as a, as it has. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't think we're going to see a drastic change whenever, you know, things in general do get back to normal or some form of normal um, because, you know, it, no matter what happens this year, WrestleMania is still going to continue in, in future years and that's not going to change the fact that they're going to have anywhere from 80 to 100,000 fans if not more coming in from all over the country and the world um to uh attend these events and independent wrestling is still going to want to capitalize on that opportunity um i think that it may be a slightly different form it may be different companies or names than we're seeing right now but I think in some form it's going to continue the way it does because there is still going to be the benefit of uh, all of those people there at one time. And it, it's kind of, it's, it's this massive week long thing. And I don't see that changing, honestly. Hmm. Well, let's hope not. Cause I think that it's definitely blossomed into a celebration of pro wrestling that, we've never really had before. Um, and it would be a real shame if, if it does go by the wayside because of the situation there. Um, 
But you know, with all, with all of the events, I think it's safe to say that this has been one of the uh, probably the most memorable road to WrestleMania that we've had, <laughs> to say the yeah, least. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, no one's going to forget that anytime soon. We're you know, twenty years from now, we're going to be telling people about what it was like to see this happen in real time. Mm. Definitely. Well. Daniel Patches, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we get out of here, um, starting off with you, Patches, definitely uh, let everybody know where they can find you on the internet, where they can uh, read your stuff. Um, just throw all of the plugs out there. Yeah, so um, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I wish it were under better circumstances, but I absolutely appreciate it, and I'm glad we're able to talk about these things as the industry is going through so much turmoil right now. Um, as far as me, People can find me on Twitter at Patches Chance. Um, they can, my website is also patcheschance.com where you can see previous interviews I've done and stuff like that. And they can read my current work at dailyddt.com um, from there. And so that's, that's where people can find me. Patches Chance is everything. So any of my stuff, it's going to be Patches Chance. All one word. Nice. Uh, yeah, thank you, Brian, for having me. A pleasure as always. Um, I you can find me uh, on Twitter, uh, Dan Trainer, D A N T R A I N O R, and the number one is my uh, username on Twitter. Uh, yeah, my same team podcast is on a bit of a hiatus right now, basically because things are so crazy. But that's going to be back up and running hopefully uh in the next couple of weeks i have some fun things planned there uh let's see what else oh i'm uh i will be recapping this season of top chef uh if anybody is interested which starts this week i'll throw up uh i'm doing it uh for a site uh you can follow me on twitter and i'll post the links there weekly that'll be fun and yeah some other things i don't know i have some other maybe fun wrestling sort of writing ideas matriculating that I might uh, get started on here in the next couple of days that I may be uh, excited about. I don't know, strange time, just like trying to do as many creative things as I can to keep my, keep myself occupied. But yeah. You can find me on Twitter and I tweet a bunch of uh, nonsense mostly. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to throw out uh, yes. one more plug um, for something to look forward to in the coming, um, coming up soon is uh I've been talking to David Starr, um, and I've got an interview coming out in the near future with him. Um, it was initially focused on unionization and the uh, changing Democratic primary, but we are going to be talking again and including the way that coronavirus is affecting the wrestling industry right now. Um, I don't have nice. an exact date, but that is going to be coming up soon on Daily DDT. Nice. We'll definitely keep an eye out for that one. And that, that, that's honestly the very intriguing conversation, I think, for, for a lot of people within the pro wrestling circle to hear and one that can translate outside of the pro wrestling circle as well. Um, well yeah, the, the, I think the best thing we can do is just kind of keep ourselves busy at this point while we're sequestered, for better or worse. Um, but that's thank right. you once again for coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Brian. My thanks once again to uh, Patches Chance and uh, Daniel Trainer for coming on the show and trying to work through some of these uh, things that have been going down in the last week within the world of pro wrestling. There's there's a lot of stuff that's in flux, obviously, and uh, we're kind of on a week to week basis here with in terms of like programming and events and and people that are going to still be running. But the best thing that we can all do right now is. Um, you know, enjoy what people are, are putting out 
in these empty arena shows. Um, I know that it's it's hard to it's hard to watch these shows sometimes and 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 not think that maybe the best route is just to shut everything down, especially with the close contact uh, and the nature of uh, combat sports and pro wrestling. Um, and I don't dissuade anybody who feels that way. Um, I personally feel that way a lot of the times. Like as much fun as watching dynamite this week was um because they actually showed that you can pull off an empty arena show with a major company um even then like there were still moments of of like there's still uncomfortable moments there um with all of the, everybody just being so close together people touching their faces like jesus christ matt jackson please stop touching your face um but we'll get through this um not just with pro wrestling, but as a society, that's the larger picture here. We'll we'll get through this. Just um, you know, whether we keep having empty arena shows or whether all of this goes by the wayside, no matter like how this weird two night split of WrestleMania is going to be, you know, one way or the other, we'll come out the other side. And and like Patch has said, like the the movement's already started. And it'll be there waiting for for when it comes back. Not everybody's gonna make it through this, but it'll be there whenever um, whenever wrestling is able to come back. Um, and we're gonna try and be here as often as we can during that time period as well here at LGBT in the ring. Um, yeah, so at least it'll give me something to do while I'm cooped up in my house. For the time being. But another thing I can do while I'm cooped up in my house is to offer a whole bunch of thank yous to everyone that helps make this show as awesome as it is, honestly. Um, starting off with Daniel Quasar, uh, the designer of the Progress Pride flag that we use in our logo. The Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at, de- at uh, quasar.digital. Almost messed that up. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter, at STSW Band. And you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, at Sarah and the Safe Word dot Bandcamp dot com, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Wonderboy OTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT Ring Pod, um, and you know I I don't know how often my other show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show, is going to be going on, but it, definitely if you're into video games, check that out every Monday. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. That's sun like the star, not like the child. Um, and we'll we'll get through this. That's all we can do. Um, but until next week, uh, y'all stay messy, re- reasonably messy. Um, Take care of one another, and as the uh, the man that LGBT in the ring is backing for the the new search in general, uh, one Hiromu Takahashi, 
Please wash your hands and gargle. Six, six, six.